stand together and sing to God be the glory. Great things He has done. before you and we give you all the glory the great things you have done and we know in our heart of hearts that the greatest thing of all is that gift of salvation that you freely give lord may everybody within the sound of my voice uh, turn from their sin and grasp the salvation that you so freely give lord we pray that with all of our hearts for lord for the rest of us that have that salvation may we truly uh, live for you and honor you in all that we do May this uh, be a pleasing time to you, Lord, because of our uh, gifts of singing, of studying, of, of allowing ourselves to be chiseled a little bit more into the image of Jesus uh, when we walk away from this place than when we came. Uh, we know that's your goal for us. We pray that we would have that goal for ourselves. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, if you would uh, grab one of these connection cards, we would love for you to fill one of these out. Maybe you're a first or second time guest with us. We'd love to know who you are, so uh, please do that. For the rest of us, uh, please fill that out, and maybe you have a prayer request uh, on, the, on the back. Maybe you've simply changed uh, email addresses or physical addresses or a phone number or something. Let us know that so we can update your information in the church system, okay? So please turn that in uh, and uh, put that in the offering plate at the end of the service as you as you leave all right all right today we have a pretty special day virginia where is your you and your family right there 
Miss Virginia is 100 years old this very day. And one of our ushers has a special, a special gift for you, Virginia. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Is this the biggest birthday party you've ever had? <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's sing together some, some songs that remind us of God's grace. Remember that opening song that we sang, To God Be the Glory, and it certainly is uh, to His glory that He has given us salvation. Amen? Let's sing together at the cross.
of our next hymn certainly knew what it meant to be in awe of our Lord. Consider the words that we're about to sing.
He died for you and me. Amen. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, come, ye wounded, weak and poor. There's a harbor for the broken, where the hopeless are reborn. Come, ye you believe God can save anybody, anywhere, anytime. Say amen. 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 He is able still to save. Today's message is a story of just that, Jesus saving a lost soul. By the way, our preacher today would be James, uh, our pastor and family, or pray for them as they travel home from vacation. Uh, But salvation still ranks, hands down, the greatest miracle of all. Amen. And uh, like our hymn writer that we just referenced, and can it be, Charles Wesley, we should all be in awe of a holy God that would grant us light 
and then would grant us comprehension, and then would grant us the ability to respond to his glorious gospel. Amen? And this song reminds us of just that. Lord, we will remember.
is amazing. Amen. day for picking flowers. Well, if you like Gilboa iris, lupine, and anemone, I sell them in the market. Is that Egyptian? Yes. I grew up there. My father was from Ethiopia. Shaparnaya makamteanak. Shabuta sashasutne sashrutu. Natiu patanaya ansunu mahatia. Tamar anaki nani otiahuanu. Anaki yeshua nanazrati. Hatipuarta. Shalom to you all. Shalom. Shalom. You were speaking Egyptian. I lived there when I was a boy. Why were you there? We had to leave Bethlehem when I was two years old because of Herod. He... You lived in Bethlehem? During the massacre of the innocents? I did. I know the story. Herod had every child in the area under the age of two killed. Yes, it was very sad. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. Rabbi, 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 if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. Uh, 
But what do I tell people? Go, show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't think I can fathom the need that was exhibited for us, not only in a theatrical production here, but as you grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at a very intensive passage. I don't think I can understand the degree of the need that was brought to Jesus because of the untreated illness and, and even the permanent impairment that was brought to so many at this time that came to Jesus. But in Luke chapter 5, we're going to dive deep in here and look at exactly what Jesus uh, is trying to exhibit for the disciples. And ultimately, Luke is going to write here this morning for us. As you're finding Luke chapter 5, Matthew and Mark include this miraculous story. The story of the healing of the leper is leading up to the passage that we're going to look at. Because this morning we're going to camp out and look at the healing of the paralytic. And Luke makes it very clear that it was almost synonymous, that the time was really, really close. And so we're going to look deeper and spend our time here this morning. No doubt as Jesus did his miraculous work that the crowds began to grow larger and more intensive. People were curious what was going on and what this meant as it related to the new beginning that Jesus would do for so many. However, Luke's account here is going to echo a broader theme that I hope that we can unpack and that we can grasp and apply to our lives. What is Luke trying to share with us in this gospel um, writing? Specifically, the miracle of the healing of the paralytic. Luke's gospel theme doesn't conflict with Matthew and Mark's record at all. But Luke makes a very clear um, outline of this miraculous moment that we're going to read this morning. And there's some strong thematic focus that I hope we don't just gloss over. The gospel testimony or the book of Luke for us is a wonderful book that talks about the universal perspective and cosmic scope of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Luke's story explains how a small Jewish movement would grow to such an intensity and span all nationalities due to one man and his compassionate heart and work here on earth. So how are we going to look at this this morning? 
As we look at these themes, we're going to unpack them. We're going to peel them apart and hold on to each one because Luke is being very intentional in repeating this story for you and I. Because it all comes down to answering this one question. What does it mean to have a new beginning in Jesus Christ? This morning, Luke's going to answer that question. And he's going to answer it very clearly in this uh, passage that we're going to read. Because he's going to identify the greatest need that we all have in this room this morning. And also point to the Savior who does give new beginnings. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord Father, there is no accident in how it has been handed down to us. Oh Lord, we do praise you for the works of your hands. We thank you, Father, for the change that you have brought to us as believers who have put our faith and trust in you. And Father, we rest and we desire to live in that new identity that you have given to us. Father, I pray that we would not be captivated with the miracles of your word for us. And Lord, as um, for some of us, Lord God, we've read this story so many times, we know how it ends and we just fly right over the top of it. Father, I pray this morning, though, that there be just one soul in this room who has not made that decision of giving their life and their all to you. Father, I pray that there be a greater miracle than what we read in Scripture here. But, Father, that you would bring one more soul into your kingdom. Father, thank you for loving us. And, Father, may you be faithful in piercing our hearts as we read and study your word. For it's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Are you broken and abandoned too? As you look at Luke chapter 5, verse 17, we come to a portion of scripture that's going to point to the identity or identify the need that we have. Look at verse 17 with me. And on those days as he, being who? Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. This healing of the paralytic is recorded for us in the first ten miracles of Jesus' public ministry. Matthew chapter 9 and and Mark chapter 2 this week, I encourage you to go back and read this story. As we look at verse 17, Luke repeats this word on one of those days. Why the repetition here for us? Luke is trying to emphasize something. Let's not miss it. If you go back and look at chapter 4 and finish reading the rest of chapter 5, Luke is going to begin a very clear articulation that Jesus' ministry was progressing and that this would be a bookend, a beginning of a new chapter for what Jesus was going to do. He's accounting for those days and the events that were demonstrated by Jesus' authority and empowerment by God. This special authority was evidenced before the crowds with his great teachings as you go and further read in the book of Luke. He references this many times. But 
Luke doesn't offer a geographical location of this paralytic healing. As you go back to Mark, Mark does. He puts a stamp on it. He said that this event happened in Capernaum. All four gospel writers share a glimpse of the tension that was going to build here. And no doubt that's why Luke is trying to make clear that this was an important time in Jesus' ministry. So what does Luke mean concerning the power of the Lord was with him? Do you see it at the end of verse 17? Was Luke implying that Jesus only possessed a limited power? Well, we know to the contrary in God's word that Jesus was specially anointed at his baptism in the Jordan. So Luke's wording here is not implying a conditional ability to heal. But rather, again, Luke is emphasizing that Jesus' mission was carried out only in the power of the Holy Spirit and his relationship with our Heavenly Father. In verse 18, as we look at this passage or section, in trying to understand what our greatest need is, Luke doesn't outline too many details concerning the condition of this paralytic. He doesn't give a name, but he does make it clear to us that he was definitely immobile. Did you see the desperate, the desperate plea of the leper in that opening scene? Can you feel the tension? The difficulty? Leprosy was an incredibly difficult and extremely contagious skin disease. It involved sores, scabs, scaly white skin patches. And this leprosy was severe. And many times it would not only leave the individual with disfigurations due to the illness, but it left a lifelong deformity that they would have to live with. Can you see the helplessness here that our Savior could not overlook? Luke's writing here beckons a deeper look, not only at the physical and become focused on that physical need, but there's a conscious look here at something deeper. Do we know the real need of our lives today? Or have we let the physical needs of our lives distract us from the real healing that needs to happen? If you're taking notes, Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 highlights this need for us. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Have you found that greatest need in your life? Maybe it's not the physical this morning. Jesus even spoke of this universal condition that we all have. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19, Jesus said, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from what? The heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Oh, friends, I'm not advocating that our infirmities are not significant but they are not our greatest need. Our greatest need is the change of a broken and sinful heart. As you read the rest of the 39 miracles that are offered to us in Scripture, Jesus is involved with many physical healings. But of this miracle account, we're going to see that Jesus repeats this concept, that once we are healed... We are to what? No longer? Sin no more. Jesus said it several times. Go back and read those miracle stories. Because one reason and purpose, we all have a sin problem. And it is great. 
Just as this uh, paralytic and this leper could never, ever change the physical condition that they wrestled with, we too this morning need to acknowledge that dire, dire need of a changed heart. Amen? Will you humble yourself this morning? Maybe you haven't taken that moment and really reflected upon that need of your sinful and broken heart. Oh, friends, Luke makes it clear here that as much as there is a a need from Jesus healing this paralytic, there is a greater need we need to seek out. He not only stops there, but he's going to show how a broken heart turns to trust. Look at verse 19 of Luke chapter 5. New beginnings start when we trust in our Savior. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles and into the midst before Jesus. And when he, who? Jesus, saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Verse 19 has a very important point that we need to note. Luke points out that there was definitely an obstacle of this paralytic. And as this paralytic knew his need, that he needed to be before the Savior, Mark chapter 2 verse 3 describes the scene a little more. That actually this paralyzed man had four friends that were going to have to help him get to Jesus. Because of his condition. Luke doesn't highlight the specific details. But Luke does describe that these four men would have a challenge of getting their friend to a healing savior. These men were good friends obviously. Because they did not let the growing crowds that began to just swell around Jesus. Prevent them from getting there. What does verse 20 say? After these friends went to the most radical and extreme conditions of, hey, let's tear the roof open so we can bring our friend, Luke says that he identifies, Jesus identifies what? Their faith. Luke points out that the earnest need here was obviously their faith. Their faith in a Savior who could heal. Jesus didn't just acknowledge the paralysis But he speaks directly to the problem, and that is the issue of forgiveness. As Jesus asserts this initiative of God, that the long-awaited Messiah had finally come. He had come to forgive and free man in a spiritual need. Verse 21, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Forgiveness according to the Old Testament. And the Pharisaic interpretation here was rightfully reserved for who? God alone. There was a challenge that would come. The Pharisees did not accept or see Jesus as the Son of Man or the Son of God. That was the challenge of their trust. One of the probably fondest memories of college was during some downtime, we would always go out to this fun, eh, it was probably a 45 to 50 foot tall bluff, sheer bluff on the side of 
um, northeast area of Bolivar on the side of a road. and There was an underwater bridge, and it was just a fun, neat spot in the road. And so we'd harness ourselves up with repelling gear, and we'd take our rope out there, and of course, we'd tie up, and it would just be fun. The challenge was always tying the rope and being the first one to go down, right? Because it's like, am I going to trust this rope? So as we experienced that many times over, we'd always have people come back. And when we came back, people would be like, hey, we heard you talking about this. Can we go? And so it would always be fun. Inevitably, it seemed like every time we went, every once in a while, we'd do our repelling at night. And it was always the hardest time to take someone new. Because as you stood on that edge of that, of that cliff, you had to turn around and you had to put your full weight on the trust of who tied and put that rope in place. This was the challenge the Pharisees had. They did not see Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. And their posture was still trusting in what they could keep um, themselves uh, appeased or taking the Old Testament and building their hope around it. Oh, friends, this morning, the Pharisees may have questioned the authority of Jesus to forgive sin and not come to that moment of trusting Jesus. But listen to John chapter 3. Verse 17 and following. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Where is your faith and trust is it where these four men who carried their friend who was desperate and in need? What would Jesus say about your faith and mine when it comes to our trust of bringing our lost friends and loved ones to a Savior? This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to offer a couple points that I hope that you'll write these down. And I hope this week you'll look these passages up. Because I think all of us need a fresh reminder that we have a Savior that we can truly trust in. First of all, how can we introduce our friends and others to Christ? Through intercession. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Salvation can be brought by God's grace and his grace alone. Friends, we can't save our friends, amen? But we can be like the four faithful men that carried their loved one or friend. We're not given that detail exactly who it was. But we know that we can be faithful through specific intercession. It's brought through corporate and intentional and unwavering prayer. Specifically for our lost friends and loved ones. Number two, through our conversation. Salvation can be inter introduced to our lost friends. Or acquaintances, both by our sincere expression or helping them deal with the obstacles that stand before them, we can introduce our Savior through conversation. First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. Number three, not only not only through intercession, not only through conversation, but through invitation. In all practical ways, we too can pick up our friends. Amen. Every Sunday, the car should be full. I hope it is. I'm convicted of that this week as I read through this. 
if these four men were willing to tear a house apart to drop their friend in front of Jesus, why am I showing up at church with an empty car? That made me wait this week, sit and think hard. John chapter 1, verse 40. We see in the life of Andrew that it was through intentional invitation. Oh, friends, I'm convicted. If we truly believe in a Savior, we're going, we're going to share about that truth. These four men were intentional. How intentional are you and I? Well, if we found that new beginning in a proven Savior, what else is to be said here in Luke chapter 5? Look at verse 22 with me as we carry on. New beginnings start when we live in the new identity given to us. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to this man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. New beginnings start when we live in the new identity of what Jesus has done for us. In verse 22, Luke uses a very intentional phrase, perceived their thoughts. Who's perceiving? Jesus was perceiving the thoughts of who? The Pharisees. Why would Luke use that intentional wording? Well, it's clear that Luke was referring to the omniscient ability of our Savior. He divinely, Jesus divinely knew what they were thinking without even hearing an uttered word. Jesus aimed straight at the heart and didn't get caught up in the argument with the Pharisees, did he? He asked the question, which is easier? He begins to challenge the Pharisees. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? Oh, what a bold challenge here Jesus makes to these Pharisees. We've not seen that in the gospel stories in accounts of where Jesus has tackled this. But Jesus would. The Pharisaic orthodoxy was content to leave sinners shackled in their, in their sin. But God's new activity the forgiveness and the healing of uh, our lives and our hearts in Jesus was fully possible to be released from both of these constraints. Do you see that here? That's what Luke is adamantly defining and, and showing us in this miracle. That you know what? We no longer are captive to the sin and the difficulties of this life because we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. Luke proclaims this. And Jesus continued to argue um, this in many chapters as you continue to read in Luke about how the Pharisees were continually attacking and challenging Jesus. So how does this paralytic in verse 25 respond? Well, it's very clear. The man did what? He got up, he grabbed his bed, and walked right out of that crowded house. I don't know about you, but I'm sure there were a lot of people watching and looking. Don't miss, the, miss this verse, though. 
What did the healed man do? What was his response? Did he praise Jesus for his ability finally to walk? We don't know if this man couldn't walk from birth or if this was something that came on later in life, but he doesn't. Did he celebrate with his friends? Thank you for being faithful, getting me to Jesus and encountering the healing. No, this man praised who? Praised God. The God of heaven, as scripture tells us. So what was the reaction of the crowd as well? They too glorified God because of the new identity that was given in that moment. One of the privileges I've had in, in serving as a military chaplain for the last 17 years is that I get to counsel a lot of men and women, young people, married couples, uh, supervisors, leaders, and I'm in awe when I have that opportunity and someone says, Chaplain, I've never heard the gospel story presented like you just told me now. And I never let that moment pass say, is today the day you want to let Jesus fix your heart? And in many times I've been able to, in that moment, as the Lord leads, lead that person in that sinner's prayer. But I'll tell you what, the, the true miracle that I just go, thank you, Lord, for the privilege, is when that person says, amen. They look up at me with tears in their eyes and they go, Chaplain Stryker, I've got to change my life. I've got to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. This isn't going to happen anymore in my house and I'm going to do this. Why? Because they're trying to please me? Absolutely not. It's because they found that new identity in our Savior. Friends, that's what this passage that Luke is bringing to us is just drilling hard here is that we have a new identity in our Savior. Amen? I don't know about you, but this life throws a lot of curveballs our way. Paul talks about this, that you know what? When we meet the Savior, something's going to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. You know this. The old has passed away, and behold, the what? The new has come. Amen? I don't know about you, but we live in a day where we want to embrace our sins. We want to embrace our brokenness. And God's word is completely different. That when he saves us, it's gone. And that's what Luke is going to end this story. And I hope that we all want to jump up and say, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the new identity that you have brought to my life and those around me. This morning... As we finish this passage and look at it, how did the people, there's no doubt that the man who was healed, the paralytic, got up and walked out, that it changed his life. But did it really change the lives of those who were sitting around and just watching this? Look at uh, the ending of the verse 26. Luke says, And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God. They were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things here today. Oh, you see, Luke uses this intentional language. He doesn't use a negative expression. Well, we've never seen anything like this. Rather, he describes the, the crowd saying something distinctively positive. We have seen extraordinary things today. Amen. Oh, friends, I hope that you understand 
that we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. It changes our lives. If you're taking notes, I want to leave these last three thoughts with you this morning. Number one, we know that our new life and our new identity in Christ offers this to us. Galatians 5, verse 22 and following. The fruit of the Spirit. We experience a change within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit of God changes us. Has he changed you? Number two, the Holy Spirit empowerment invades our life. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We can live beyond the sinful nature of our lives in this world. Paul wrote, he said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Friends, God changes lives. I've seen it. Have you experienced it? I hope you have. Finally, the last thought here. When we live in that true identity that transforms you and I, we are going to yearn for the final day that sin reigns no more. John chapter 8, verses 34 and following. And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains, however, what? Forever. So if the Son of Man sets you free, you will be free indeed. Oh, this morning, I hope you found that freedom. For this paralytic and the leper that we saw um, this opening, they needed a physical freedom. But friends, there is something far greater than just being free from the physical chains of this life. There is a spiritual freedom that we need. I hope you've found that. I hope that you've not only acknowledged that in your life, but that you've trusted in the one and only Savior that can change that for your life and mine. And when that happens, oh friends, there's a new identity to be had. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, in many ways, for us as believers and as we sit here today, we, we wish we could go back and see exactly how the miracles were performed. But, oh, Father, I pray that we're not distracted this morning and that we overlook the true need of our heart and the fact that we need forgiveness of sin. We need a heart to be mended and healed only by your hand. Father, thank you that we can trust in you. Father, thank you that we can live with a new identity. Now, Father, we just aren't left here bumping around in life trying to make our way. But, Father, you have a plan and a purpose for us to live in relationship with you. Lord God, I know that there may be someone here in this room that as we've looked at your word has said, you know what, I don't know if I've truly put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And today is that day that I want to make that decision right and final. God, I pray that you would lead these next few moments. 
that, Lord, Father, you would lead that person to step out and seek something that is far greater than a paralytic being healed. But, Father, that you would call one more into your kingdom and your family. Father, thank you for loving us. God, help us to be faithful in praying for our lost loved ones, for our lost coworkers. Lord, for those that we know that need your saving and changing hand in their lives. Lord, guide us as we live in that new identity and that we experience full relationship with you each and every day. God, may we not forsake that for the passing pleasures of this world and day. We love you and we praise you, for it's in your most wonderful name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to invite and open the altar this morning. I don't know where God is speaking to you or what he has touched your heart concerning this morning. Maybe it is that decision. I'll be down front. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe for the rest of us, this is that moment we need to be praying. Maybe it's here at the altar. Maybe it's right where you sit and stand today because there's someone that God has placed on your heart that they need Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, I hope that you won't pass this moment up to say, Lord, I'm going to be intentional now. I want to follow you. Will you save my loved one? Will you save my friend? Maybe it's that act of obedience, living in new relationship with Christ. Maybe you haven't taken that step of baptism. And today, we don't have the waters ready, but you know what? We'll have the waters ready for weeks to come, amen? That if you've not taken that intentional step, that you step out today and um, make that decision publicly known, we'll be more than excited to walk with you on that journey. Let's stand together as we sing and let the Lord lead you as he has spoke to you. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, come ye wounded, weak and poor. There's a harbor for the broken where the hopeless are reborn. He is able. Oh, he is able. sinners, poor and needy, sing to him our songs of praise. This morning, I hope that God has spoke to you. As I studied this this week, I realized, you know what? It is a great reminder that there's a miracle greater than just healing a man in need, but it's about a Savior changing lives. Amen? Amen. At this point, I'm going to turn it over to Blake. He has a very special prayer that uh, he wants to lead us in, and he'll explain more this morning. Go ahead and be seated, please. This will just uh, take a second. Uh, we've been praying for months for Kyle and Katie Brousseau. 
Um, they have been waiting on their visa process to be completed. Uh, it was mailed and received last Thursday. They flew out today to their new, to their new location. So they are um, on a plane heading, heading to the Czech, uh, uh, to Prague. And so pray for them. It's a long trip, but it's a new journey. They'll be settling into their, their new apartment. And uh, we've been praying for this to happen so they could get there um, before baby came. And it was a lot easier to have the baby uh, for them over there, not for grandparents over here. But uh, um, uh, things are just uh, have, have just come into place, um, and God has been so good. So we just want to pray for them as they journey and start this, uh, this new chapter of life. Father God, we come to you, and we are so thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for answered prayer. We're thankful for people who surrender uh, themselves and their families to go and serve you on the foreign land. So God, we, we pray for Kyle and Katie and Audra today and the, the soon-to-be baby that uh, you would just bless them and use them in this new uh, ministry with the International Mission Board. And may you uh, just uh, bless uh, their efforts. Uh, may people come to know you. May pastors be strengthened because of, of their work. And may, may your kingdom grow. Uh, God, again, we just pray a special blessing on them as they travel. Keep them safe and keep them um, just um, um, in, in, in your will and, and, and just guide them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together and sing uh, Praise the Lord, Praise the Lord as we go. Praise the Lord, Praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise